Founderspace Startup Supercharge. I'm Captain Hawk, CEO of Founderspace, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses. This week, we have Joel Stone as our guest. He is the author of Stay Hungry and the managing director of Code Break. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Pleased to be here. It's great to have you. I want to dive deep with you on okay. your book, Stay Hungry. So sure. tell us a little about your book, how you came up with the idea, kind of the big change that you're trying to make with this book. Sure. So we had this uh, little problem called the global pandemic. Uh, and um had a bit of time on my hands. So myself and my business partner decided to write a book that um, any entrepreneur, any business owner can pick up. And if they've ever felt like marketing might be uh, witchcraft and wizardry, they can take our book and from chapter one through 10, really practical, easy to implement advice that, that will work for anybody. Great. Now tell us, I'm an entrepreneur, work with hundreds of entrepreneurs out there. We're all having trouble marketing. We all know mm -hmm. we could do a better job. And, sure. But a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with are early stage. They don't have a lot of capital. So they yeah. want to market, but they, 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 they're not yet, they, they haven't pulled in the millions and millions or billions of dollars in funding. They're at the earlier stage. What is some advice you could give them? So dial in on the things you're really good at. Um, so I know when I was a startup business, I know some of the startup entrepreneurs that we work with now, early stage businesses, the temptation is to try and do a bit of everything. Oh, I must post on LinkedIn every day. I must post on Facebook every day. I must do an Instagram every day. I need to get me on TikTok. Um, and what happens is you end up being a really kind of busy fool. Um, and what my number one piece of advice would be would focus on something that you feel passionate about and that you're good at. So let's say it's Instagram and decide there and then, right, I'm going to post a piece of content to Instagram every day that aligns with the vision of my business. So it might be on a Monday, you post uh, an Instagram post that talks about how as a owner of your business, you prepare for the week, then Tuesday, you would post about a project that you're involved in. Wednesday, you'd post some social proof on a case study of something that you've done in the past. Thursday, you would do something about one of the members of your team. Friday, you'd do something about how the team winds down for the weekend. Saturday, you would do a piece of advice that will help entrepreneurs who maybe are sat there kind of twiddling their thumbs because they're not very good at weekends. And then Sunday, you would do something that prepares you for the week and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and always leave a call to action in that post that basically says, look, if you'd like to know more, DM me and we can talk about it. Be that specific. Don't just try and do every platform or try and do every email funnel or try and do every advertising campaign because you can't afford the time or the money yet. Yes. And I found myself in the same boat and I know most entrepreneurs do. It's overwhelming. There are so yeah. many platforms and each of these platforms is different. How people use them is different. The type of content that goes viral and gets shared is different. Yeah. The 
uh, the the type of you know how you the productions you do and the quality of the productions are different. So I think that's really good advice is just focus on one and make it a super success rather than yeah. spreading yourself out and having all these you know not very successful uh, social media channels, which most people do that don't get any real traction. The other thing you mentioned that I like is you walked us through an example of a person's week. Um, now, a big challenge I think entrepreneurs have is, you know, sharing stuff about ourselves. Some people are really good at it. And some people mm -hmm. can make their, find something. They're like natural storytellers, natural entertainers. They can find something every day and make it sound really interesting and informative and, and something sure. that somebody will want to read. Other people, honestly, are a little boring. Like they are good at their business. Like they know their business, but they just aren't that naturally entertaining person. What does somebody like that do? So that, that's really interesting because I, I definitely have felt like that person in the past. And that there's, there's two parts to that. One, you've probably built your image, your, your business in your image and not realized you've done it. Um, and, and two, you're never as boring as you think you are. So what's boring to you like the fact that you get up at five o'clock to get all of your personal life out of the way so you can concentrate on running your business is absolutely fascinating to your customer base. Or the fact that you go swimming at every lunchtime so that you've got the mental capacity to get on with the day for the rest of the day because you work long hours is really interesting to people. And it's kind of getting, you've got some people whose ego maybe tells them that they're, they're really interesting and they should share every piece of food they eat with their entire audience. And then you've got some people whose ego does the opposite and bullies them and says, look, you're, in, you're not interesting. You're boring. Well, you're not, it doesn't matter what business you're in, you've got something to share. And the, the other thing that comes from this is that sometimes people are scared to let people see behind the curtain, but that's exactly what they need to see to buy from you. So it's that kind of like, this is what a day in the life of me as the CEO of this company looks like. And th therefore, you're more relatable. There's more no like and trust and they're more likely to buy from you. So you want people to you're recommending that as an entrepreneur, a CEO of my business, people mm -hmm. want to know me as a person. And if they connect with me as a person, they are much more likely to engage with my business. So you're talking about social media as really sharing who I am, like what's going on in my head, what's going on in my life. The Some people are better at that than others, honestly. Some people yeah. want to share or they always have something and just other people have trouble. And then how do the people, like some people are good at that. Like they always have something interesting. Honestly, when I think about my day, I'm not very good at that. Like <laughs> what, sure. because I think like, you know, people don't want to know what I ate for lunch. People do not want to know, you know, what time I got up in the morning. People, I automatically think that. But you're telling me people do want to know that? Yeah, so that's that's a really good point. So particularly uh, if you're startup and anywhere up to kind of like 5 million, you're still the face of your business. Whether you want to be or not, you are the face of your business. And uh, like my most successful post in the last three months was I did a story on Instagram and all it listed was from 5.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. at night, my schedule for the day. Uh, I, I added, people loved I, it? I added, <laughs> yeah, I, I added a few emojis for kind of to jazz it up a little. 
but ultimately that's that's the post that's reached the most people because uh the the day in the life of an entrepreneur is strange it's different to what most people see and that kind of like wow you're you're really dedicated to this like there's not much room to breathe there you live by your diary that kind of thing fascinates people so so you're you're saying be genuine just put it out there don't worry about whether they're interested just share your life now i have a question Uh, Mm -hmm. some uh you know there's some social media channels that folk where the entrepreneur will really focus on themes like they may focus on giving financial advice like and they're not talking about themselves they're talking about like financial advice they're giving others will focus on giving advice to their industry like if they're if they're a pet care business if they're running a pet care startup it will all be about different pet care tips and things like that um those aren't as per and some people blend the personal with that what's your take on that is is that a better approach it it's it's a cool if you put value out there value will come back to you that's that's just a proven thing that the more you put out the more you the more will come back to you but the the problem you will have is say let's let's pick on the pets business so you you sell pet merchandise pet toys pet food um what's to stop all of your competitors doing exactly the same thing so they can just post all day every day tips for looking after your dog tips for the the best dog food to keep your dog's fur looking sleek anyone can do that what's the unique thing about your business now it might not be that you're the unique thing about your business it might be the unique thing is that when people come to buy dog food from you there's a dog playground outside where all the dogs get to play together so focus on that or it might be you have a cafe at your dog food shop and so all the local dog owners come and have a cup of coffee and you can kind of focus on the conversations that have been created there the different dogs that have visited that day but you you've got to have a bit of a narrative you can't just be the company that posts a few tips and advice here and there and expect an influx of inquiries it's not how it works okay that's you laid it out really well that's really good advice because so what you're you're saying is even if you're going to be product focused or advice focused it has to be personal it has to be unique it has to be you, you know the soul of your business or the soul of who you are and the closer you get to that you're saying the bigger response you'll get from your customer base i think i think so i think um if you are not confident about bringing your personality forward that people will sense that and that will hold your business back and what happens is then when you get into things like the sales process people kind of question your authenticity when it's not it's not a lack of authenticity it's a lack of confidence but they can't tell the difference and then you lose the sale yeah i totally get and they don't and you have a dead uh instagram account or a dead you know nobody's responding to your twitter your tweets which doesn't look good i let me ask you another question so there's some people let's face it who just will never be great at social media should Mm. they just not do it and focus on other things um there's there's an argument for that for sure it's not the only way to build a business um as particularly at startup stage so many businesses do really well from word of mouth and referrals at that stage you know maybe they've dropped out of industry to start up and 
for the first 18 months, they should focus on all the phone numbers that they've got in their phone book and calling them, asking them. Who yeah, do and they startup founders are super busy, right? So some of them yeah. just don't have time for social media or don't want to make the time. They'd rather focus in different ways. Let me talk, you know, and stay hungry. What other key pieces of advice do you give entrepreneurs? So we got the social media one. Uh, give us yeah. another. So a massive one is is niche. Um, the, the very first chapter is all about your target audience and the biggest mistake I see startup businesses and, and, and fast growing businesses make is they try to be everything to all, to everyone. They, um, rightly feel passionate about their business and close to their business. And so they think other people should feel as passionate about it as they do. And they forget to focus on who will benefit the most. Um, normally born out of fear that if they're too focused, they'll miss out on sales. And it, it's simply not true. I, I met a guy very recently, and his, his business is uh, cleaning services for dentists. Hmm. So they all they focus on is cleaning dental surgeries. And obviously, there's a level of cleanliness a dental practice has to have. But that that's a tight niche. But it's great because this messaging is so clear. His business grows so well. Yeah, and if you're work. a dentist and you look at it and that's all they do, you trust them yeah. implicitly. You're like, okay, they know how to clean a dentist's office. I could get a cheaper service, but they might not know what the heck they're doing. Exactly. And you save money on your marketing. You save so much money. Right, because, because you know exactly. So be, be so initially, the more niche you, niche you can be, the better. Now, there are certain businesses where that's hard right? Because the niche area is so small, they need to be broader, or they need to incorporate several niches to actually uh, make enough money to, to grow. What do you recommend for that? So we, we use a tactic here that, uh, that works really well. So let's say um, you're a photocopier sales company, and you can't just be photocopiers for accountants, it's not going to work, you, you're going to you need to just target uh, maybe let's say you need to target offices with over 20 people in that's kind of your game. Where are you going to find the least friction in making sales is the, the businesses that you resonate with. So something we built into our digital advertising, um, Andy, my business partner is, is a big Star Trek fan. So when we're building our target audiences up, it will be for the photocopier business, it would be must have at least 20 staff, uh, must be operating at a certain level of turnover, must be within this radius because that's where we can deliver, and also must like Star Trek. And what happens is you jump onto phone calls and you slip in a little fact about Star Trek, and the person on the other end of the call gets really, really excited. And the business is done before you've even talked about photocopiers. So, and what you're really talking about is you're getting on a platform like Facebook where you can figure out if they like Star Trek. Yeah, so you can and figure out if they're a fan. So you're using that data, that insight uh, to connect with your customers. Precisely. And then you're niching on personality, not on business type. Interesting. Okay. I, I hadn't thought of, you know, <laughs> focusing in on, and you could do that over and over on different areas. Like you could do Star Trek until you run out of Star Treks and then go for. Yeah. Yeah. Else. So yeah. let's say as a business, you know, our business is quite loud. It's, um, you know, like our emblem is a dinosaur. So let's say one of our things is we're only going to target CEOs that like dinosaurs. Well, 
every time they see one of our adverts, chances are they're going to see this dinosaur illustration. It's going to click. It's going to make sense. Um, but if I was to say, oh, I only want to work with CEOs in businesses between 1.2 and 1.5 million, and they need to be within a 20 mile radius of here, it's just, I'm probably going way too narrow. Mm -hmm. So uh, with this niche and which this, uh, this kind of targeting people who have certain passions and trying mm. to build that passions into your marketing, uh, do you recommend building like different landing pages for different passions? So when you're targeting customers with different passions or. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly that. Exactly. So you, so you might have um, on, on the front end, your advertising would be different. So the visuals you use, the wording you use, you might not be so on the nose that you say like, have you, I don't, I can't, I don't even know much about Star Trek. It was a terrible example to use, but <laughs> like, I don't know. Have you been on the latest Starship Enterprise, blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't be that kind of uh, on the nose with it, but you might just sort of hint at some interest in sci-fi and you, some of the visuals you use might be a little bit more sci-fi. And then the landing page they land on kind of hammers it home a little bit more. And then by the time you have the conversation, you're kind of not talking about photocopiers anymore. Okay. Okay, let's move on to number three piece of advice. So is there a third thing our entrepreneurs can take away uh, that they can use in terms of marketing? Yeah, and it's um, understanding the lifetime value of a customer. So, so many startup businesses haven't done their research in terms of knowing one, what, what a transaction is worth to them. And then two, how many transactions that customer will make over a lifetime with them. So they can't make marketing decisions because they don't know what to budget. And so I will very often sit down with a business owner and say, what's your cost per acquisition? And they don't know. And I'll say, okay, what's your cost per lead? And they don't know. And then I say, okay, what would you be willing to pay to, to acquire someone? I don't know. Okay, how many leads do you need to acquire that person? I don't know. Well, where do I need to start? You need to start by calculating the lifetime value of a customer because until we know that, we don't know what anything's worth. So we don't know what you're willing to spend and we've got no starting point. And it blows their mind because time and again, they've met marketing agencies that are talking to them about how many times they're gonna post on Facebook, how much reach they need, how to get their name out there, what color the logo needs to be. And yet they haven't done the fundamentals yet. Yeah, the fundamentals are critical. LTV, every entrepreneur needs to know exactly how that works. Yeah. Let's go deep in a little different area. So a lot of people, especially if they're doing B2B sales, not direct to consumer or anything like that, they use LinkedIn. Do you have advice yeah. for, you know, LinkedIn, there's so many people contacting me on LinkedIn. I, re I don't mm -hmm. respond to most of them uh, because they're trying to sell me something. Uh, sure. We don't like to be approached and, and cold emails the same way. They're just trying to sell you something and you're kind of automatically screening and deleting them. How do you break through that if you're an entrepreneur? Yeah. So uh, weirdly, I've just done a podcast about, about this very subject. So um, 20 years ago, everybody had to leave their phone off the hook if they had a landline because they were getting so many cold calls. And LinkedIn has become that playground. It's like... I'm scared to look at my LinkedIn inbox because somebody's going to offer me a mortgage. And that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. And that's a lot of noise to cut through, particularly for B2B businesses that kind of think LinkedIn is the place to be. Um, 
and it, LinkedIn for some reason has also become the place where everybody hangs out their dirty washing. It's like it's a it's a tricky playground at the moment, and you just can't do that to people. I I completely respect that you should be actively looking for people to connect with on LinkedIn. That that is a cool tactic. You shouldn't be trying to sell them in the first message. You you need to connect as humans first. You need to kind of say, look, I, I saw your profile, your last post about washing machines was really insightful. I thank thank you for putting this content out there. I got a lot of value from it. And then just engage and now, over time build those relationships. Do, but do people feel sort of deceived when you say you like their post or you say something about their background that you figured out from their profile uh and then you segue into selling them something do they feel like so, oh, they they just wanted to sell me something yeah yeah it's all so, bs that that first yeah part. sure don't say it if you don't mean it that's that's number one do not do not say things that you don't mean because you will get found out and and number two don't segue too early so um give them a chance to get a feel for what you're about first you know once you've once you've connected with someone if they've accepted your connection request and read your message they'll probably go look at your profile so make sure there's something valuable on your profile the post pinned to the top maybe that's a, a short video outlining your services and some social proof but there's there's an element of patience that a lot of businesses forget and so a lot of coaches out there now a lot of marketing companies out there now are saying look spark up a conversation segue to sale and i i simply don't think that's true i think yeah, i don't either because people are too savvy now they're just yeah. <laughs> and we get bombarded right we know everybody's trying to find a way in to get our attention and then we yeah. feel like you know they're manipulating us gaslighting us if they switched to sales even if they switch to sales after going back and forth a few times i'd still feel you know like oh they just wanted to sell me and that's a negative feeling yeah so uh, something we use is uh powerful questions that, and this is a it, it is a tactic but mm -hmm. you should only you should only use it from a place of kind of love really so mm. if somebody has posted about washing machines like i said i don't know why i use that example but let's say let, let's say that they're um they want to they run a washing machine repair company and they've posted about washing machines and you genuinely interested in whatever they said um a question you might ask would be what would be the number one thing that would help you get this message out to more people so as a marketing company i i could ask that question and they you'd be amazed what people answer when you ask that question and then just just be honest i'd love to help you out that with some time but i just don't want to give you the hard sell in linkedin dms because i'm sure you've got a hundred other people trying to do that and it That's just they relax yeah, I think in some ways being upfront uh, about what you do, you know, there's different philosophies. Like some of what I want to do is if I'm connecting with somebody on LinkedIn that I really want to get through to is almost just be upfront. You know, yeah. this is why I contacted you specific, you know, be specific and upfront. Like I specifically wanted to reach out to you for this reason. Yeah, and I think that's, to use an analogy that's arranging the date mm -hmm. but don't go for but don't try and go in for the kiss it's, <laughs> it's... so um let's 
let's go to other uh, ways that you can like in for a B2B customer, how, what are other channels? Like LinkedIn is becoming very spammy. As you said, mm -hmm. people already email is like super spammy. We, we get bombarded yeah, all yeah. the time. Is there a channel that actually works better than these? So, so strange, if we're talking digital, strangely, TikTok is really powerful right now. Um, really? I don't use TikTok much. Yeah. And, and like me, me neither, which is strange, but now, but everyone is starting to use it and the audience is starting to mature. And I think the, the opportunity to grab attention there is huge compared to other platforms. So, so your reach is massive. You can get in front of very specific people quite easily. It's inexpensive. So, so that's it's the easier to reach out to people because they're not being spammed so much on TikTok, and it's yeah, and precisely, it's, and it's uh, the video content. You know, their algorithm really helps. Yeah. So my friend just the other weekend was showing me about uh, TikTok videos for business, mm -hmm. and I thought most TikTok videos before that were just kind of you know viral fluff. Yeah, whatever. Kids you know, doing people, dances. Yeah, kids yeah. Kids doing yeah. stupid things, right? Um, so I was like, why am I on that platform? I'm a business person. But he was showing me all these amazing uh videos for TikTok. So yeah, we are seeing that trend right now where people and the, the content was really good. I was surprised. And and yeah, and it's really engaging because people are getting really smart at creating content. Yeah, and some but some of that uh, takes time and production to produce, like to actually produce like the content yeah. you were showing me. I mean, they spent time on it. It wasn't just something they cranked sure. out. Um, so I think as a startup or a small business, the other channel for B2B where you can make a massive impact very quickly and nobody is doing is direct mail. And it's a weird, weird thing for a digital The old market. fashioned way? Yeah. <laughs> like you, in you the, the, the post office? Yeah, exactly. You send someone a box now with a ribbon on it and, and a and a nicely sealed envelope with a handwritten letter and the impact that will have will blow your mind because like they'll actually read it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it'll be the only piece of post they've had for two weeks. So it's like, who sent me this? What have I done? What did I order? Has my wife ordered something? And then they realize and you're kind of like in an audience of one you you it's very direct. That is a great idea. And especially if it's big ticket items, like if you're going in for an enterprise sale or something like that, you yeah. can afford to send them a box of chocolates or something really unique. Uh, yeah, us. yeah. I, I mean, one startup business that we worked with, uh, they were very high ticket. Mm -hmm. um, and and their marketing budget for the year, I think was was $10,000. Uh, they bought five iPads, they embedded a video on each of the iPads and they sent each of the iPads to the CEO of their, of the five main prospects they were targeting. They got four sales. And those iPads paid, paid the, for themselves a thousand X, I'm sure. That yeah. is, yep, great idea, right? Great. So we're going to uh, wrap up now. Joel, would you like to give any one more piece of advice before we end the show? Yeah. So... I think uh, you need to be as vulnerable as you possibly can as a, as a as an entrepreneur of of a growing business, and that's being willing to take risks. That's um, being willing to take criticism because very often you'll come under the heaviest criticism when you're doing the right thing, and that's um, being willing to put yourself front and center 
when other people wouldn't and lead your team to success. And that's kind of what Stay Hungry is about. That's what the Stay Hungry philosophy is. Thank you, Joel. This has been fantastic. Now, where our audience, I'm sure they want to reach out to you. You've, you've been really great. Where can they find you? Best place is to hook up with me uh, at Joelstone13 on Instagram. You can DM me. As long as you don't try and sell me in the first DM, we'll be fine. And uh, you can grab the Stay Hungry book on Amazon. And remember, Joel doesn't watch Star Trek, so don't use that. When you're yes, I, I'm the Star Wars guy of the operation. So, yeah, yeah so I mentioned come something about, about Star Wars instead, yeah. or washing machines. Thank yeah. you, Joel. It has been wonderful having you. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can help us create more great content by subscribing and sharing. Also, if you want to access our online startup program, our investor network, and our entrepreneur resources, just come to founderspace.com.